Welcome to Kashris on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashris Magazine. And we have a wonderful program tonight. I'm just sorry we weren't able to get a guest. I spent quite a bit of time trying to reach a few different organizations to ask them to participate tonight. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't possible. So we're going to do this without their help. But it's going to be about the topic that affects many, many people, as we'll see in a little while. We're going to be discussing the, the matters of Purim, specifically with the issue of drinking on Purim, for the young people or more especially. And that's something that affects every Jewish home, every yeshiva, and something that everyone does need to think about and see what their feeling is about how things are conducted on Purim and whether or not uh, there's some improvement that is necessary. First, we're going to discuss briefly a number of the halachas affecting us all on Purim. Everybody knows that we have four mitzvahs on Purim, the mitzvah of reading the Megillah, the mitzvah of giving shalach monos, giving gifts of food to our friends and neighbors, and the mitzvah of matanas levyonim, giving gifts to the poor, something suitable for a meal, and uh, the, having our own su'uda, having a, a festive meal to celebrate the Yom Tov of Purim. That's the, those are the responsibilities that every Jewish person, a male and a female, have. But there are a lot of issues here that do need to be addressed. And uh, some of the things that I'm going to mention are things you may not have thought of or may not have heard before. And of course, if you'd like to, check it out with your own rabbi. To see, to see if uh, you've heard some different uh, way to do things. And, of course, if you have any uh, comments you'd like to make, you can always call us at the office, 718-336-8544 at the Kashas Magazine office. And I'd love to hear from you any feedback on any of the topics that we've mentioned. Just to uh, mention a uh, side uh, bar here, uh, a few weeks ago we spoke about people deciding their standards and adjusting the standards uh, according to where they want to be, not necessarily where they are. And I've gotten some tremendous feedback from this, that, that show two weeks ago. I was amazed at the number of people who've contacted me and who actually made changes in their lives. I don't try to make people change in, in, in any which way, but I'd like them to understand what was involved in making a decision about standards, and I was very excited to get some response from the people uh, who've been listening to the show about certain things that they instituted in their own families as a result of that particular show two weeks ago. So if you haven't heard it, two weeks ago we did a story, a, a show on the uh, different standards that people have and determining your own standards. And it was, a, I think, so must have been very interesting and very helpful to many people. So you can always get it in the archives. Now, today we're talking about Purim, which is coming up in a few days. And really, a lot of preparation does need to go into Purim. And some of the things that I'm going to tell you will be helpful to make this Purim even a better day for you than had been in the past. That some of the things that perhaps you didn't know about and let's start with the Kriya Samagila, reading the Megillah. So many of people have a problem that in the middle of the Megillah, they think about something else. And there's a halachic issue about whether they fulfilled the mitzvah of listening to the Megillah. They were standing in the room, they were there, they wanted to hear the Megillah, but their mind was somewhere else. So according to some poiskim, they did not fulfill any mitzvah. Uh, even though they heard the Kriya Samagila. Because uh, even if they heard every single word going into their ear, but their attention was not on the laying of the Megillah. And then in some cases, it would be preferable if a person wants to, and he could, to hear a laying the second time. But sometimes you'll hear the second time, and you also you'll space out. So it does, may not pay. That's something that a person has to decide himself or herself. But if you are trying to fulfill the mitzvah of Kriyas and Megillah, you do need to pay attention to the words, at least to hear them and think about them as much as you can, even if you don't know every word what it means, but at least to pay attention to the words. So I'm going to give you a few suggestions. These are things that I've uh, come across over the years, and if, if it works for you, fine. If it can't work for you, so then I'm not able to help you further with this right at this time. So the first etza is, the first advice is, 
have a Chumash in front of you. Of course, if you have a real Megillah, that may be better. In some cases, it's worse, because when you have a real Megillah, you have no Nekudos, and a lot of times, those Nekudos are helpful. Let's say, for example, you miss a word, you want to make it up, so if you have a Megillah, you could read it from the Megillah, but if you don't know what you're saying, and you don't know how to pronounce it, so it's counterproductive. It'd be better to say it properly with a Chumash than improperly with a Megillah. So let's say you are following, you have this, you have the Chumash, or you have your Megillah, it's open. Keep your finger on the place. Follow along. If you're following along like the little kid in school, do you have your finger on the place? Where's the place? If you can keep your finger on the place and move your finger with the Baal Kaire when he's reading the Megillah, that will help tremendously to pay attention, and according to some, even if your mind wanders abyssal, you, at least if you kept your finger on the place and you're really following every word, you really are following every word, so that might be sufficient. A second piece of advice is the following. If you stand up, then maybe your attention will be more on the Megillah laying than if you sit down, especially if there are people around you. If you Go to a shul where they are quiet, really quiet, during the Megillah laying. There's, there's one shul in Flatbush. I don't think there's another shul in, in Brooklyn like it, where there is absolutely not a peep during Haman. They don't make any noise during Haman. Rabbi Victor Milazatzal taught us that way, and his grandson, Rabbi Brag, continues that way. He has a Megillah laying with no noise for Haman. And he says, if you'd like to make noise for Haman, you can go downstairs after the Megillah laning and make all the noise you want. But as far as the Megillah laning, there is absolutely not a drop of noise. Uh, the grandson in Lakewood, Rabbi, um, Rabbi Cohn, what he does is he, he has the same exact thing as his grandfather, that he doesn't have any noise during the Haman. But because it's the very last Haman and there's not going to be any additional noise afterwards, so he has the last humming, you could do whatever you want. You make as much noise as you want. And it goes on for a good few minutes. It gives you a nice headache. You can come home with a good headache from that one humming because everybody throws everything into it and they, they go wild. That's his minute. But either way, if you, don't have, if you don't have that, then some shuls are very careful to repeat the word humming and uh, the second time, they don't make any noise. But that still doesn't help 100%. The best thing is in the simple Eitzah, which works for some of the men and some of the boys, but not for the women, is to move up close to where their Megillah laying is done. Move as close as you physically can. Uh, if you can, which I try to do, you stand at the Shulchan, where the, uh, the Balkari is, is laying from, and you put your Chumash on the, the Shulchan there, and you hear every word. There's nobody on the side, in the front, in the back. It's just you and the Balkari, the, the, who's leading the Megillah. That's obviously a mac, that's, a, that's certainly a maximum way of, 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 of attempt, attempting to pay attention completely to the Megillah laying. But it does take effort even in a situation like that, and everybody should try their best, and that's the Megillah laning. Now, a lot of people don't know that, about the other mitzvahs, and I find, even though Megillah laning has its challenges, I find that the other mitzvahs are sometimes more, uh, more often not fully accomplished. Let's start with Shalach Manas. Yes. Uh, what, a question? Go ahead. You're on Kasha Sandia. Can I help you? Oh, yes. I came across a, a food item for the Shachman. This is organic candy, and it has a kosher symbol that I've never seen, and it's not in your conscious newsletter listing. It's a red heart with a white K in the middle. Do you know what that is? Well, first of all, uh, we're discussing something different now, but if you want to know what the heart K, the actual heart K, yeah, is uh, it, it is in my magazine, 
and what you're looking at is something else, but not my magazine. You're saying you're looking at my listing, but you're not looking. You're not looking at the kosher supervision guide. It's impossible. The kosher supervision the guide. The 2014 <coughs> listings okay. of all the kosher symbols. Okay, so then you do have it, and if you look to the California section, you'll see the heart K. I don't care if California? it's in red or green, but it's called the. It's called <laughs> the. It's called the, it, It's Rabbi uh, Rabbi Avram Teichman. From Los oh. Angeles, and that's your heart, Kate. Okay, thank okay. you. I, I must go on to the topic. I'm sorry. Of the, it's all right. Thank that's you. Okay. It's the topic of the day is, is the halachas of Purim, and that's what we're going to stick to at this point. Uh, so back to uh, where we are, which is the um, Shalach Manis. Now, Shalach Manis, uh, I think everybody knows that we have to give one person, we have to give manos, which is a plural, we have to give two things to one person. And there isn't really a limit in terms of the money you spend. Of course, you can't make a joke of it because he's not going to appreciate it. And of course, you have to get something that he's going to use or she's going to use. And if they don't, won't eat it because it's, uh, it's the wrong, uh, they, they don't need the, to something that's too, uh, uh, too heavily uh, caloried or they don't need something that's not yoshan or they don't need something that's, uh, uh, that, that's milchix, it's chalavstam. If, if you give something to somebody and they can't fulfill the mitzvahs with it, they can't eat it on, on the suit or the day of Purim, then obviously you didn't fulfill, and this is not say obviously, according to many, you did not fill the mitzvah of Shalach Manas. So you have to select something that would be acceptable to different people. And a lot of people make the mistake, they bake stuff and they give it to their friends and their relatives and their whatever, wherever there's people on the block, and there is no hashkach on it, and the person may not know what you do, and they may have... They may be makpin on Yoshin, and they don't know if you do Yoshin. They may be they're concerned about your oven. They only use a pyrova oven, and you may have used the fleshig oven. Whatever it is, communicate at least that much. Write on it, Yoshin, baked in a fleshig oven, whatever you want. But at least communicate with the person. That way they have more of a chance that they will actually use the, the food item and that they, and that's a big chesed. It's a big, it's a very nice thing to do, that the shalach mana should be something that will be used easily by the other person who receives it. So that's something I think everybody should have in mind when they're preparing the shalach manas. Make a little label, say, uh, happy Purim, simchas Purim from whoever it is, and to mention that this is yashin or not, whatever it is, this is baked in this, whatever it is, if you have a hashkacha on it, maybe it's not on the packaging, but it was on the thing that when you, when you bought it in the bulk thing, so then mention the hashkacha on that and uh, this way you're communicating with the people and it's much better received and it's easier for to fulfill, fulfill the mitzvah for yourself but the two issues that always come up with uh, Shalach Manis uh, one is that well there's a few issues one is that people give Shalach Manis the day before Purim or they give Shalach Manis the night of Purim the mitzvah Shalach Manis is in the day of Purim all the mitzvahs are in the day of Purim. Yes, we read the Megillah at night, but the mitzvah of Shalach Manas is only during the day. The Shechiyana, which we recite in the morning, goes on all four mitzvahs of the day. The same thing is with, with Matanas Levyonim, giving gifts to the poor. It should be done on Purim day. And the, and the Shechiyana goes on fulfilling all four of those mitzvahs. So now we did Shalach Manas. Only thing is, it says shalach manos. So therefore, many people hold it's a requirement, or at least appropriate, that you should use a shliach, hopefully a bar mitzvah, a bar bas mitzvah person, and they should be the one to deliver the shalach manos for you. So you could be standing here, hand it to this person, please give this to so-and-so, he's standing right there, or please put this, please knock on the door and give this in for me. And that's shalach manos. That's the appropriate way. Do you have to do all of them that way? Absolutely not. The whole mitzvah shalach manas is the first shalach manas. One shalach manas. At least one during the day you should do properly. The rest of them, you can give hundreds or you can just give one. Shalach manas ish l'reyeyu only has to be given to one person. You have to give two items to one person. That's it. And if you fulfill that with the, with the shliach, then you don't have to worry about the rest of the day. If you want to, fine, but you don't have to worry about the rest of the day. In fact, you don't have to give any more shalach manas. But here's 
an issue that really gets forgotten. And that is, whose shalach manas is it? Now, there's a question, of course, when a woman bakes a cake, so maybe she's the one because, it's, because she baked it, so therefore it really becomes hers, even though technically, halachically, all the things in the house belong to the husband, but at least she baked it, so therefore, what she did, what she created, so therefore it's hers. Okay, maybe yes, but basically, a lot of people just collect shalach monas from different things that they, they bought individually and put them in a, a basket. Technically, all of those things belong to the husband. I can't take any calls now. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, technically, uh, we'll, we'll need a, another 15 minutes, I believe. Uh, the, the, technically, nothing in the house that's given out belongs at that point to the wife and certainly not to the children. And so the, the, the best advice is as follows. The husband should pick up one shalach manas and say, this it gives it to his wife, is designated as yours. Give it to whomever you wish. Uh, and, it, and each child should be given a specific one. This is yours. They're not spending their own money. They don't have money. And if they do have money, it's a big question mark if that's theirs. So take, I'm giving you this. This is your shalach manas to give to whomever you wish. That way, you definitely were going to fulfill shalach manas. And it's important that the children should see this and, and learn this from a young age. Uh, and, 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 and understand that uh, they are actually fulfilling the mitzvah for themselves as a mitzvah of the day, and they're not just helping Tati and Mommy and doing it as a family. No, each person, mother, children, women, girls, everybody has an independent responsibility to give at least one shalach manas during the day. Which leads us to the third mitzvah, which is really very, very, very hard because a lot of people don't know how to do matanos le'evyonim. Again, we may not fill it properly because we don't necessarily have an evyon. An evyon has to be the poorest of the poor. Determining that is very hard in our generation. It's, it, it, it's not something that I could tell you exactly how to determine it. And I don't think it's really where we have to go. If we're going to ver- give to very poor people, that's good enough for us. But how is it given out? How is it handled? The appropriate thing is to give matanas le'evyonim on the day of Purim. Again, you should give matanas le'evyonim on the day of Purim. That Shechianu, which you recite, or actually the Balkari recites, at the Kriya Samagil in the morning, goes on all of the things that you're doing during the day to fulfill the mitzvahs of that day. So it's appropriate to give the money on Purim after the, uh, the morning Kriyas Hamagila. After you lay in in the morning, that's when the money should be given to the Rav, to the organization, to collect and to give out. Now, technically, it's hard to do that because here's a Rav, he lives over here, and, 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 or whoever, you live there, and you want to get this to an Oni that may be somewhere far from here. How is, how is this all put together? You know, it, there are people made packages, they're already, everything's moving. So the answer is as follows. And this is how Vig the Milazat used to do it, and many Rabbanim that I know, this is how they handle it. They have an arrangement with an organization that gives out on Purim day Matanas Levyonim to very poor people, and they have a certain amount of that. And when you give your money, you are getting a certain zechus in what they have have there. So you are like buying it secondhand, or you're you're they're accepting it for you, and they're already planning on the basis of this rov's acceptance, this much money he's going to raise. They're giving out that shalach, that matanas levyonim. So you really have a chalek in the matanas levyonim. And there's a question uh, which many people never thought of. I mentioned it here, I think, last year, but it, it, many people never thought what I'm saying now. What about the women? What about the children, let's say, from bar mitzvah and bas mitzvah on? How do they get the mitzvah of matanas levyonim? Remember, a bas mitzvah girl has to give whatever it, the amount is for Matanas Lavyonim. I can't tell you exactly what that is. 
it's approximate that it's either five, somewhere between five to ten dollars a person, and you have to either two anim, so maybe it's ten to twenty dollars. That's what has to be given. It has to be enough for a small sauda, a small meal. Now, a small meal might be uh, a tuna fish sandwich with a little piece of pickle on the side. It may be a pastrami sandwich, which may be $14 today. So I, I don't know exactly uh, an exact number, but certainly less than $5, don't consider it matanas lavionim. More than 10 I don't know if you have to, but if you want to, call $15. So $20 is a nicer number if you want $30 to fulfill the mitzvah of matanos le'evyonim. Now, matanos le'evyonim, remember, has to go to two people. So technically, you're going to one organization, and they're giving it out to, it's like all, it's a group thing. So one peop, some people do is they give it to two different matanos le'evyonim. This way, you give $10, here and $10, there, and that, that way they... They've covered, they feel that they've given it to two people. Or you give it to an organization and ask them to specify that it goes to particularly one or the other. I've seen people go around with two envelopes and one goes to one and one goes to another. So that's or two families. That's a wonderful opportunity if you can have something like that, which is direct to a family and it's, it's going to... Um, and it's going, and it's going to two different families. That's a, that's a very, very wonderful way to do matanas levyonim. So deciding it exactly where to give it, how to give it, how much, that's not interesting to me. But what's interesting to me is how does the woman, and how does the thirteen-year-old boy and the twelve-year-old girl get the mitzvah of matanas levyonim? Some of these people, especially the women, never get to never get to hear the kriyas megill in shul. They're hearing it at somebody lady's house where they're reading it on the block. Now, where does she get to go to the Rav and he's got time on Purim to take money from her and she do- it doesn't really work. So it has to be that the husband, the father, has to give for the wife and for his children. That's what has to be. Now, the money is in his pocket. So he whips out. Now, let's take use the number $20. And let's figure it's a nice family size of 10 kids. And it's the parents. So that's 12 people. So 20 times 12 is $240. He counts out all the 20s and he hands it to the Rav. This is for the family. But that isn't theirs. That's yours. You gave the $240. They gave nothing. But I gave it for them. But it's not theirs. They didn't give it. It's not, it's not, you, can't, you can't do that. They have to do the mitzvah. But they can't be here. So what am I supposed to do? Very simple. Here's a 20. Give it to the Rav. Say, Rabbi, hold this. I want you to be coin it. I want you to acquire it for my wife. Okay? Now he gives it, give it back to you. Then now you give it to him for the matanas lev. Yonim for your wife. You're the shliach. Now you go to your, your bechoyer. This is for my so-and-so, for the do- my daughter. My, this is for this one. This is for that one. And each one, let him or let another person standing there be koine this money for your relative and let that, and then you can, you can take the money back yourself and give it to the Rav, or that person gives it to the Rav, and that way you're a shliach for, for the other person who now has the $20. It's not your $20 anymore. You gave it away. So now that person is, give, is, is in effect, giving that money to Tzedakah for Matanas Levyonim. This is the best way in the world to do it. Now we come to the last mitzvah, which is the, the mitzvah of Sa'uda. And that should be the last mitzvah. The other mitzvahs should be performed first. We should take care of the mitzvah of Matanas Levyonim. They need their preparation for the Suda, the Shalchmanas. They need their preparation for the Suda. Last but not least, you take care of yourself and you have the Suda. And the Suda is a mitzvah, and people have to remember that. It's not just me'est, it's a mitzvah, and there was a bracha that was made on it today. That's basically a look at the four mitzvahs. I'm sure there are ha'aras that you might want to make, and certainly you can speak to your rov and to see if we explain it the way that they would tell you to do it. But this is how I understand these mitzvahs are to be performed. The last topic, which the one we really wanted to get into today, and I'm going to spend a few minutes on it, I have a wealth of material. I wish I had somebody here to discuss it with me. Unfortunately, we contacted three organizations, and we were not successful in getting anybody to come on the show.
I want to talk about the fact that the young people, boys, I don't think the girls uh, get involved in it, but the boys sometimes have, they get drunk on Purim, and they don't get, they get drunk at the night of Purim, before Purim, they get drunk early in their day, Purim, they, they get drunk beyond belief at sometimes at the Sauda, and they may come to dirty the base medrash, they may come to uh, be sick, they may be rushed to the hospital with a zero pulse, which happens frequently, they may get harmed because they were not careful and uh, they fell off out of the bus or the, uh, the, the car or there used to be this open van, an open uh, tr- pickup truck where you used to ha- take people around in Borough Park until one year somebody fell off on Purim and got hurt very badly. They could chas v'sholem drive if they were able to drive and they, they, they could hurt themselves as unfortunately one year someone lost his life on Purim and that night he took the keys. He wasn't supposed to, but he did take the keys. And these are the things that could occur and he could lead himself chas v'sholem down the road. That doesn't have to be, but he could lead himself into alcoholism and some other escapism. And this is what those people who are alcoholics had to start somewhere, and the exposure of this nature, where everybody approves of it, may be uh, the start for some of these alcoholics. I can't tell you. may not be their exposure, first exposure, but whatever it is, it's something that has to be looked at, and parents should not feel afraid to say no. Parents should, and those people who are giving who are giving out tzedakah when you come to collect the yeshiva boys and they offer them machashahako on 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 the liquor, that's not permissible. It probably is illegal. It certainly is inappropriate and absolutely unnecessary. I, I've had boys come to my house and none of them need that. Whether they had something someplace else, I don't know. But it doesn't seem to be something that. You know, they don't need it, and we shouldn't be encouraging it. Yes, drink at the Suda. I was a follower of Ravigda Miller for many years, 30 years. Ravigda Miller used to be high on Purim, but never, ever did we ever see him lose himself. We never heard him say anything inappropriate. We never him heard him, uh, we never saw him lying on the ground. We never saw anything like that. Yes. Drink, and he came to the table. He would require you to take a drink, and he he danced backwards on Purim. He took his hat and turned it around. He had uh, my son was on the was on his table dancing. Yes, that's all of this we have to do. We have to really celebrate Purim. We have to go adaloyada. We have to go wild. We have to go out wild with avas with avas Hashem. We have to go wild with, 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 with the, the, the way that a Jew is supposed to express himself. It shouldn't be, as I've seen, where people who become shikr on Purim miss so many mitzvahs. They don't bench. They can't daven mariv. They, uh, they, they miss kriyashma at night. Again and again, year after year, they miss kriyashma once a year. Once a year. No, once a year. What do you mean once a year? Is it permissible to know that you're going to miss Krishna once a year? Is it right to do that? To skip and and or to daven with not even knowing how this with the up uh, whether where you're holding which bracha? Is it? I saw people daven the, in shul. We they weren't yotze. I, there's no question. Some of the people I've seen were not yotze. That tefillah, and it certainly wasn't appropriate before Hashem Yisbarach to come that way to before Hashem Yisbarach. A Jew in the old days used to avoid davening for three days after he came from a trip because he was so knocked out. And they used to go on a, on a horse, whatever it was. it was. Sometimes you had to hold back from davening. They couldn't handle it for days because their mind wasn't clear. Are we supposed to let somebody who's shikr daven? Is that what we're supposed to do? Is he supposed to bench? Is that covered Hashem? It can't be. I don't know where, I, I, it cannot be. And as I say, I never saw it from the Ramai Rebellion. I'm not saying there aren't Rabbanim who you may, may have seen in, from Rabbanim. Go beyond that, I can't say. The last thing, point that I want to make, and I believe I have piles of stuff here which I'm not going to go through. 
last point that I want to make before I open the calls, and I do want you to call. You can start calling 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Please call. And I, I specifically am requesting if you are in Hatzalah, if you work in a hospital, if you are a doctor or a nurse, please call and give us your feedback on this particular topic of the drinking on Purim. Has it gotten out of hand? Have you seen examples of that? Uh, how to control it, we leave to the parents. Uh, the Rabbanim in the, in the yeshiva, that's not our topic. Our topic is, is there a problem here? And you can call us at 718-683-5858. See, the phones are already lighting up. We'll take the calls in just a minute. Before we do that, I, I had another point, but we're going to have to first say a word about our sponsor. And I'm going to say it very simply. Our sponsor is Glotmart, located at 1205 Avenue M. It's a great place to shop. There are weekly specials. I don't have the specials this week. But I could tell you that you can walk in there. You don't have to go to a super mega store to get uh, your Purim things and another store for your shopping. In one place, you can get all your shopping and all your bags and all your baskets and anything you want for Shalach Manas that you need for the table. For the, Anything that you're going to need for this Purim, you can get it in one store and you'll be out in quick time. 1205 Avenue M. You would like to save some time? Go park on the, go enter from the East 12th Street entrance and you can leave your car at the valet parking and they'll have it ready for you when you come out. And at Glotmart, the meats are, for, uh, are, are A1 quality. There's, uh, there's, there, the, uh, there's Hashkocha from both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush. And it's a, it's a wonderful place that's been supporting our neighborhood for the last 35 years. So if you have the chance, try out Glotmart, 1205 Avenue M. And if you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Hidabrut, J Radio, over Kashus on the air. And now the phones are all lit up. You know, Rabbi, about the drinking in El Purim, we're speaking of this in the last two weeks, and Rabbi Exton come with a gorgeous I plane know. of uh, learning, and instead to go and collect money over there, that the Gvirim will welcome to give the money to the this uh, you know, to Rabbi Eckstein with his organization, or to any place that uh, that anyone that want to learn in these hours, you will welcome to do it and contact us. Okay. That's a wonderful plan, but it doesn't mean to say that somebody cannot let the kids overdo during the day at the the, the suit. Uh, no, they no still question. have to yeah, worry no about question, this problem. No question. No question. We spoke about Atzalag, Shomrim, and everyone. Right. And so we have so many po- okay. people on, a, let's on let's the phone. Let's so let them, let's let them on the air. Okay. You're on Kashus on the air. Can I help you? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Okay, um, I just want to make a certain point. I totally I totally understand that um, a bucker or anybody else who would like to drink, um, he has to take the responsibility on himself. Or if it's the parents, then the parents have to take responsibility on the kids. That's for sure. But the problem is that the question is why does the person... The question is, why does the person want to drink wine? Why does he want to become drunk? That is the question. That's the main question. Well, that, that, the I mean, point is that the person wants to get drunk to forget about stuff, to forget about things. He thinks he's going to be more happy than he's going to drink. My point of this whole thing is that the person has to understand why are we drinking on Purim? Why aren't we drinking every day? If this is the purpose that's made happy, why shouldn't a person drink every day? Why shouldn't he be high every day for a chef? This is my question and my point. I don't, I don't hear the question. I think it's a good statement. Very good. It's an excellent statement. I, I think that what happens, and this is my concern, and I've, I've seen this many times. We go one step further, which I didn't go into today. What happens on Purim, another thing that they used to do, I don't see it so much in Baruch Hashem, but it's still there, is smoking. And, the, and then there you get kids who, are, who could be, let's say, 10 years old smoking. They may not be able to drink. But what I'm, tr- what I'm trying to say is if you take someone and you just tell them do not do this and do not do that, 
if he doesn't know the reason and the purpose why he shouldn't uh, do it and why he does I understand that you know you can make some kind of problems by drinking but if he doesn't know the reason why we are drinking only Purim and why we can't drink every day what is the purpose of it right. like and what and, and to what extent so um, the person is anyways going to get out of the box he will find his way of getting out of the box if a parent is going to tell the kid don't do that and if the kid doesn't really understand in him that this is a certain problem then he will find his way of getting there okay thank you very okay. much for the call but i just want to point out uh, it, a child whether he's a real child like you know 10 11 12 or he's a 15 16 year old young person that person uh doesn't really get that difference and they, they don't think they're doing anything for they're, they're becoming dependent on on the they don't think it's something uh, that it's their, their needs or they are really celebrating Purim and they're doing it and they may even think they're doing it L'shem Shemayim and you know what they may be doing it L'shem Shemayim my problem is that they're getting into it and they haven't been given a guideline they've been given freedom and a lot of times especially in our days parents are scared from pushing the kid too hard and demanding too much and they say everybody does it the chevra does it what do you want me to do go in the street and go do it away from you so therefore we have to uh, as parents and rebellion we have to start to set the guidelines something that's more normal and it on Pesach, people drink even four cups. Maybe they even drink wine, and maybe they even get a little bit high, but they don't go the way they don't get the way they are spaced out on Purim. Nobody gets that way at Pesach. So even the kid, if he even wants to drink straight wine, so he'll get a little high and he'll uh, you know a little heady and he'll he'll lie down a little bit. He won't go to. He won't be very sick. It's it's what we're doing on Purim. When, and we don't have any rules about it. Our society has not built in rules at all. Our society has absolutely no rules for these people, and that is confusing to children. That's my point. And I would say, I would say that uh, we still live in a country that uh, the age of drinking alcohol is 21. Right. And we have to not to ignore it because we can make a lot of, uh, sin- I would say, a lot of institute problem by the police if they find that they gave them a drink, you know, right, and right. you are very jeopardized, right. you know, this situation. Right. Okay, we're going to get the calls. I see the thoughts lit up. Okay, go ahead. You're on Kashrus on the air. Can I help you? Yes. Uh, uh, I forgot your name. But, uh, Rabbi Wickler. <laughs> okay. Kashrus. Uh, I want to ask if, if, if I, you talk about coin, uh, this is about Matunas Levyoin. Yeah, yeah. But how is, I mean, how is about Shlech Munas? I said that I'm also. Going out. Can I send with my son? No, I'm not, making for the no, uh, for, yeah, for, Hold on one second. We w- if you want to send with your son as a shliach, if he's over bar mitzvah, that's fine. Don't yeah, take a. But they, have to, they have to be coined also before. That, no, no, he's not coined. No, no, he's not coined at all. No, no, it's yours. If he's no, no, if he's a shliach, it's yours. But oh, I no, said to true. you, what I said is something different. What um, about your son? Yeah, yeah, no, no, but one second. But what about your son getting the mitzvah? So he has about to be coined. Shalach Manas is also mechuyim in Shalach Manas. I understand, but no, yeah, no, he could go to find another guy to make him a shliach. No, 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 no. A shliach is not the mitzvah of Shalach Manas. Again, if I send a package with somebody, it's mine. When you send it in the, in the, in the, through the post office, it's you, not the... The postman doesn't own it. He's not doing the mitzvah. You're getting the mitzvah of sending it to somebody. It's your mitzvah. If you send out all packages and your son takes every one, he has no mitzvahs for the day. Uh-huh. So you have to take what package, give it to him and say, Chaimel, this is yours. Do what you want with it. Give it to your friend, whoever comes. Well, give it to the next person who comes to the door. It's, it's your business, but you have to take care. This is your shalach manis, and I'm giving it to you. Then he's coin it. And then he can give it out, and he gets oh, the mitzvah. He is a coin by himself. No, but the mitzvahs from the enemy, you give it for the roof, should be coin. Again, it doesn't have to be the rov. It could be, let's say, first of all, you can be, you can give it to your son. If he's bar mitzvah, say, give it to him. And if he's not bar mitzvah, you can give him also. he give it to your son. This is yours now. Give it to the rov. And he'll give it to the rov, and he gets the mitzvah. 
But I'm saying the women don't go to shul, especially uh, they don't see the rub, they don't get a chance to talk to them. So better that the, the husband or her father should give a woman. Okay, but look, I'm going to make it short, a long story short. I want to know if I want to send with him, if, I, if he wants to be Makan and Tunes Lavioinum. And also, I'm saying this is for you the money, and you can do whatever you have to be Makan and Tunes Lavioinum on your own. And that's it. That's it, correct. Okay, that's what I want to make sure. Thank you very much for okay. calling. I this appreciate it. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? You're unconscious on the air. You're not. <laughs> Try somebody else. <laughs> you're unconscious on the air. Hello. Yes, go ahead. You're on the you're on the show. Hi, I want to say two things actually about drinking. Um one of them I, I don't remember what rabbi it was that said this, but the, when they say the difference between Loya Da for Haman and all the high, they say, yeah, you can drink a little bit, but then go to sleep, because then you really don't know the difference between them. I forgot the name of the rabbi who said oh, no, it. That's, Ram- that, that's the Ramor, Ramosha Isilis. That's what, that's what the litva should do. That's what I do. You know, you, is you, if you get high, and then you sleep, so then you fulfill the mitzvah according to that, that Ramor, yes. Okay. But, uh, the, but the others hold, you really have to go, uh, you, have to, you have to really be shikr, but, but it has to be a shikras that is controllable. That's the point. If it's a shikris that's not controllable, if people say foul words, if they throw up in the shul, and they, if, they, if, they're, if they're not able to daven min marav and say krishma. But what kind of example are they setting for our children? The rabbanim? No, 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 I'm saying people who are drinking and going crazy. What kind of example are you, are you setting for the next generation right. to come? Right. That's, that's my one point. And how are the guys supposed to see us? Oh. Going crazy and going wild on such uh, a day. Uh, first of all, uh, the we uh, the people that I don't think people drink in the streets. They drink in their houses. I don't think that's a. Um, no, there there are also teenager boys who drink outside and go crazy, and until very late at night, they're in their limos right. and they're making noise and, and, and it's it's that's very that is a that's a Hil Hashem and that's the danger area and in Eretz Israel they have to bring out special police uh, to, to to help in, uh, on Purim. It's I read about it. Uh, it it's a very embarrassing situation and it doesn't give the right image at all of what Haredi Yiddishkeit what, what from people are. It's definitely something that does uh, that doesn't go, do well, well for our image. A person as I said, the ra- proper way is if a person wants to drink, it's in his own, it's during the su'uda only, it's, and, it's, it's in, and, it's in the, uh, and it's in his house, and it's not, a, not something that would cause a chel Hashem, and it's not something that would cause an Aveira, if he, he has to know himself. And you can't say that last year, uh, this year will be different. It won't happen this year. It will happen this year. If you cannot control yourself, you're not going to control yourself this year. Try the, 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 the derech of the Ramor, that's certainly going to work. And if not, somewhere you have to have some kind of control that things don't get out of hand. Thank you very much for your call. Okay. Thank you, and I give everyone a chance this year not to get to that point. Okay. I just, I, uh, thank you. Uh, before we take the next call, I just want to make a point, and that is that uh, we had an article a few years ago. It was wonderfully done by a writer of ours. Unfortunately, I lost her to a weekly uh, publication. And uh, she wrote about a story which was not true. It was a made-up story, it was, but it's a good story about a woman who marries a young man, and uh, she joins his family, and she discovers that he does all this drinking on Purim, and she can't handle it. She really can't handle it. And she's, she doesn't know maybe this is not the shidduch for her. Maybe it's the problem here. You know, this is a heavy-duty thing. Until her father talks to her and says, listen, when you're married, you married into that family, and you accept that family, and this is his way, and you have to understand him, and you have to work with it. And that's um, the story, basically, that we had printed. We, and it's a, it's a common thing that people come from a very staid family to one that is absolutely wild on Purim, and sometimes they drink to well, what I might call excess, and maybe some of the callers would call it to do excess, and, and, and others would say that's normal. So again, there are different ways that Purim is celebrated, but it still has to be within good guidelines, especially for the young people, they have to have some kind of controls that we have to institute. And that's the, that was the point of this segment of the show. So we're going to take the next caller. Nisam, go ahead. 
Okay, next caller. You're on Cautious on the Ear. Can I help you? Yeah, our kids are allowed to drink wine, but not enough to get drunk, just a little bit. Of course. In fact, you should drink a little bit, but it should be in the Sa'uda. That's the right way to do it. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure your, your family will let you do it. it. Again, it's a question of how much. That's their decision, and I'm sure they're, they're smart enough to figure it out. How old are you in what yeshiva? I'm 10. I don't. I live in Lakewood. I go to Kotera. Very good. Thank you very much for calling. And I'm, uh, I'm disagree about it. I'm disagree <laughs> that uh, they say the kids has to drink. I'm telling you the truth. I'm disagree total. I don't no, think that it's right. Listen, we're uh, talking about a ten-year-old boy. Uh, the amount uh, they're going to give him is no uh, more than uh, they give. You know, uh, <laughs> but you know what? We are teaching them a wrong uh, habit, and uh, I tell you, okay. Uh, this is my, my uh, point of view. Okay, okay, so let, I, have, let me I have to say it. I okay. have to say it. Okay, let me, let me just say this. I mean, we, I, I don't think we... I think this, um, if we were talking about the same cup of wine, we would we, we'd probably agree. Um, what this family is going to give this boy is not going to be uh, a headache for a, for a week. He's not going to have a headache to Rosh Hashanah. He's not going to have a problem like that. They're <laughs> saying that if he enjoys a little wine, so maybe they give him a little more than he has on a Shabbos okay. Kiddush. I, w- I, want to, I want to tell you that I see it... Uh, from now, once upon, once upon a time, I thought I, I cannot be happy without taking schnapps or something. But today, I'm telling you, you don't need nothing. You just be happy. The switch is in our brain, and to be besimcha is not doesn't mean that you have to drink something. You have to be simcha. We have to be simcha every time. Every praying that we have to do besimcha, and when we learn how to do it, and when we teach our kids to do it. It's much better than to drink a, a, a wine. Okay, one second. Nisim, I heard you on Sunday. Yes. And you said that at the Seder, you have... Yes, yes, okay. I have, yes. So this is... He, we're not even I talking four cups of wine. I, I, we're talking about giving the kid... Uh, like like when, when I see little kids, we had some of my grandchildren on Shabbos. And, uh, you know, let's say you make Kiddush and you hand the, the wine over to them. Some kids won't drink it. They don't like it. Only want grape juice. But let's say they enjoy the wine. They want another one. How much are you talking about? Not a schnapps glassel. Uh, an eighth of a schnapps glassel. Okay. So the, the shear is the whole thing. Okay, the shear. Okay, that's the shear. we that's train our children the right way to drink, to drink to enjoy if they want to, and not to get... And, and not to be destructive, not to themselves and not to the other chaveirim, then that isn't the bad thing. Yeah, you know, I d- we, we can talk about it. <laughs> when, uh, uh, because I know, I know <laughs> the, kid- the Kiddush club is out of, uh, oh, it's only starting, it's, it's starting with, with a small, that's, that's with small. That's hard liquor. Yeah, it's starting with that. That's something different. Okay, you're on the cautious on the air. Let's, let's, let's still listen to our callers. Go ahead, you're on cautious on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. I want to know um, if uh, what is it okay to buy seaweed from from sushi with the heksher <laughs> in the store? <laughs> to buy seaweed with a heksher? We really wanted to stick to Purim, and I don't I don't know if you're going to give shalach manas. Is that what it is? Uh, um, there are only there are only at any given time. That, forget about the heksher. At any given time, uh, uh, there are only one or two seaweeds that the kashrus community will accept. In other words, you could find, let's say, five different packages on sale at the time, and you call up your cashless agency near you or a responsible cashless agency that you rely upon and you know is good, solid cashless agency, and ask them which seaweed would they use. And they say, we only use this seaweed. But there's a, that's five, ten uh, in the store. Yeah, but, but we only use this seaweed because there are little things called seahorses. There are little things called seahorses that are in seaweed, and they're, they're crustaceans. They're hundred percent like a. It's like eating a worm. It's a. It's a, a seahorse, and it's a, an animal. I mean, it's in a, a, right. a seahorse, and they are, and they are, you know, it's a, in the, lives in the water, and uh, it, it's hundred percent usser, and they are inside the. Uh, they're inside the. Uh, the, 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 the this. Uh, so you have to. You have to avoid buying other than one or two varieties that the cashless agencies accept at the given time. Otherwise, you're going to end up with seahorses. And even though there's a hashkoch on it, it's a very hard thing to check this with a light box. It's a very challenging job, and a lot of cashless agencies are not on top of the game. But again, I'm not going to determine it, and I'm not telling you to look at the symbol. Go to a cashless agency you rely upon and say which do you 
allow in your stores because you use it uh, for, for making uh, make, making uh, sushi. You tell me which ones you would seaweed you use, and that's what you use. Uh, is there anyone that Rabbi uh, Wickler accepts? You didn't understand me. I try to tell you. It doesn't a question of accepting. Let's say, let's 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 take three names: Hisachdas or Abonim in in Williamsburg, the OU, uh, the 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 the, uh, the OK, any right. Hashkocha that you happen to like, uh, Kahila Kash was here, Rabbi Gornish. Take anybody, anyone you want, and and mm-hmm. and you anybody that you feel close, uh, you feel uh, you rely upon. Call them up and say currently. Which seaweeds are you using? And he will tell you. And believe it or not, there'll only be about one or two being used by everybody. Uh-huh. They don't use them uh-huh. all because there because there is a, a problem with this a very big problem, and 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 uh, some are found to be very weak hashkachas. And when it comes to this, so who? It's not a question of who is the good hashkach, who is the bad hashkacha. Mm-hmm. The people in the industry know. This is not like another product. I wouldn't tell you this way. I'm just saying now. I wouldn't say about anything else. It's unique to seaweed. Thank yeah, you for the okay. call. Okay, Fred Kapoor. So okay, you're on uh, Cassius on the uh, air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yes, I want to ask you a question. You said before, halachas of matas v'yaynam. The question is, what about the v'yaynam themselves? Are they mechuyif to give tzedakah that day? Or they have to wait till they get the money and then they can give after? Or do they have to, maybe they don't have to give at all, depending on the circumstances? Well, the avionim could ask their, their own rabbanu, but obviously they, that what they would do is, uh, you know, obviously what they would do is exchange something. On, uh, on, on Purim, they could exchange it with another person. If they really are poor, they could uh, give matanas the avionim, and the yotze yishalach manas, and whether they give two, and they this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're talking about no, a very... I mean, the amount of that you said, like for a suda, that they have to give two, you know. So. Well, if they don't have the money, they can't give it so that's obvious and so but you can't give it three days later and you'll say the mitzvah of uh, right 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 no, i understand it's for that day let me one more question you yes, said rav Victor miller you said that rav Victor miller had um but you didn't explain if he had you didn't say maybe he had booze or he had What's he it? had wine okay, only okay. at his table at at the tables we, yeah. I, mean, I was with rav miller for many many years at the right. table again i never ate the sauda with him but right. it, when he had the Chagiga, or whatever you call it, in the afternoon, the, the right. bring in the afternoon, he was already high. And he would what, have... You, was it from wine? Or was it from he wine? only put wine out. He would only oh, let wine at the table. Nothing but wine. Okay. And there's a mitzvah only... And if you sat down, you had a drink, even if you didn't want to, you, you poured your drink, and you had, to, you had to start it. But you must drink, and you must drink wine. He wasn't mocked, but it should be during the suda. But you must have this, this a little bit of levity and happiness on on Purim Day, and he intentionally changed everything that they did. As I said, he he danced backwards, mm-hmm. he turned his hat around backwards. But I just want to make it clear. That's all that because the, we didn't understand. Okay, it but it's definitely you wine. Right. You should not wine, be drinking right. liquor. There's no right. need to drink liquor at all. It has nothing Correct. to do with Purim. Nothing Correct. No, that's my point. I want everybody to hear that. Right. That was my point. Thank okay. you very much thank for calling, you. and have thank a friend come Purim. Okay, thank you. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can I help you? Yes, hi. I called last year. I told this story also, and I want to say it again. My son, many years ago, I think it was 9th or 10th grade, most probably ninth grade, uh, they went with the classmates to the Rebbe, the Rebbe's house, and the Rebbe gave them uh, drink. And one of them came out, shaker, and my son told me, Mommy, my friend threw up in the street. And he was disgusting, and he was, uh, my son was disgusted, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> he never did it. But, um, and also, if it's a mitzvah, first of all, definitely should be over bar mitzvah. Definitely. And, and then, when you say give them one drink or two drinks, who says that they're not going to do it more and more and more? I live next to, door to a shul. I see uh, 12 years old. My husband drove a 12-year-old to their house. He was totally drunk. So I don't, um, I agree with Ms., uh, Mr. Nisim, uh, Reb Nisim, totally. And I don't think that when he, that kid called, you should have said absolutely no. A kid under bar mitzvah, why should they drink? Even over bar mitzvah, why should they drink? If they drink one, you said one or two, who says it's not going to be more and more and more? 
that's that's the whole limits that they cannot who says they could control themselves afterwards okay. so well, to me absolutely and also when the balabatim give them drink that's the, also the bigger right? bakarim, that's they also have no, very they bad they have no right to give them anything they have no right to that's give them anything it's illegal. Even, even a 15 20 year old even a size 15 16 it's 17 illegal. year old 100 percent not they shouldn't be offering any any teenager or younger no question about it but and something else also i want on the computer i needed some pictures for purim i punched in purim in in yerushalayim and i saw every a lot of little kids like about eight ten years old they had cigarettes under uh, right. their lips. They right. were not smoking. They were not smoking, but it's a very big trend to yes. to to pretend they're smoking. I'm pretty, I don't know where this halacha no, came no, from. No, no, no. It's not to do with it, none of the halacha. It's when you're fun. Now, let 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 me try to deal with these uh, two issues. First of all, let me just reiterate again. Nisim and I and you are not really disagreeing. Uh, if you don't. If you only use kiddish, uh, you don't use wine. You only use grape juice, and of course, you want maybe you won't want to bring any wine in the house. That's fine, but if you're serving wine for kiddish and you have a 12-year-old boy and you pour him a, a schnapps glassel, a small little thing, whatever it is, a half a schnapps glassel, whatever, and you you, you know a little little teeny weeny uh, thing there, and you serve it to him, and he says, "Can I have a second one?" Would you give him a second one? And the answer is probably yes. If he wants three, four, five, six, you say, "Listen, when this is not for you." So when it comes to poor Pesach, maybe you put in a little bit of wine into his grape juice, maybe you give him a full grape ju- uh, wine, but maybe use the very low percent alcohol, the, the kal, which is, is almost nothing in there, or maybe you give him a, a full, a full uh, concentrated one, let's say 7% alcohol, and uh, but if he's like 15, 16, you may want to give him a couple of those. You may say that's too much. That's your decision. We're not just suggesting anything more than that, and we're not suggesting on Purim that they drink, when you, you kept saying they drink one or two. What are one or two what? You know, we're talking eight-ounce glasses of wine? No. Whatever you decide in your family is what you think is appropriate. Don't be intimidated by the children. Don't listen to them when they say that they, that they must do it because their friends do it. Don't go down that road, and you will be a very happy, and, and the Purim will be a wonderful Purim, say also Pesach. This is the way parents have to assume responsibility and not to shove it over to someone else. And the Rebbeimi Yeshiva, Rosh Yeshivas, have to be concerned, not what the boys will think about our Yeshiva, but what will be good for the boys in the long run. Because I unfortunately know several people, not one, several people, who attend uh, Alcoholics Anonymous every week for the last 30 years. Right near my house, there's an Alcoholics Anonymous and the meetings. And I pass there on the way to Shul. I give my shear. And I see the people standing outside. Who do I see standing outside? People from people with payas. Payas from people who are, you know, obviously very, very from black clothes. I see women, Haredi women, going into the Alcoholics Anonymous program that is held in the church. In the church is where the Alcoholics Anonymous meet. These from people are going in there. How did they get into that? We have to think a thousand times before we, we, we permit the, the kids to be drinking on Purim in a, in a way that isn't completely controlled by the parents and understanding Rebbeim and Rosh Hashivas. And we hope and we pray that everybody this year will utilize the proper preparation to make sure that this Purim, the kids only get the right messages and that we don't have any bad implications for the future of their lives. Just want to inform everybody that if you're interested in getting the Kashish magazine, our Pesach issue is coming out this week. Uh, yes, right after Purim comes Pesach. And you can reach us at 718-336-8544. We also have for sale loops for checking for insects for Pesach. The next three, four shows will be dealing only with Pesach issues. We have to have a few guests lined up. And also, I'd like to let you know that uh, we have a book uh, by Rabbi Vaya 
for checking uh, vegetables, and we have the book from Mrs. Warren, which is on uh, real foods and weight loss and feeling good and healthy, etc. So if you're interested in any of those items, call us at 336-8544-718-336-8544, or you can email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And that's how to reach us. If anyone would be interested in the shurim that we have, we have a shurim on Sunday uh, and and uh, what, Thursday night for the men on halachas of uh, Yeridea, Basabachal of Taruvis. And now we had a, our kosher program is over. We're starting now Hilchas Shabbos. If you're interested in any of those programs, call us at 718-336-8544. I wish everyone a wonderfully freilich Purim, and we hope to hear, to hear from you next week on our radio show, Kashvis on the Air.